this morning, our team for this program is there shall be no loss. There shall be no loss. If you believe that, I need you to tell your neighbor, there shall be no loss. If your neighbor is not saying it, just, you know, pack your load, go to the next person. If you're not saying it convincingly to you, just pack your load, go to the next person. There shall be no loss. There shall be no loss. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to take my text this morning from the book of Acts. Chapter 27. And I'm going to read um, from verse 20. Which is exactly where he says that there shall be no loss. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I give you all the glory. Father, in the brevity of time that we have, Lord, speak through me. Use me as your oracle. Father, Lord, use my tongue like the, like the pen of a ready writer. Let it write into the heart of your children. Father, take the word that I will be speaking today in the way that you normally will take it. Distribute it into every heart. This one word, Lord, Father, let it be distributed in different ways that will meet every person at their point of need. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every ear, Lord, will hear. Every heart will be receptive. I take authority over every contrary spirit in this auditorium. And I say, be silent in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Acts 27. And I will read from verse 20. To, 20, to 25, I believe it is. To 25. It goes to say, And now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we will be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the vessel. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 25. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it would be just as he has told me. Amen. I believe God that it will be just as he has told me. So shall it be. Father, bless your holy reading in the name of Jesus. 
You know, sometimes pain comes in different areas of life. Loss comes in different formats. But for most part, when a situation occurs or when something that you don't really like is going on in your life, for most part, it's not so much for that situation, but more of the fact that you don't know when this will end. If a situation starts today, the 23rd of November, and you know that max one week, there will be an end to this. You can bear it. It's easy. We're reading 2020 right now, reading the scripture which I just read to you, in which Paul was talking to them in that boat, and she, he was saying to them, you should have listened to me. Because this voyage that we are in, it looks like it's not going to turn out the way we prepared for it. But if you had listened to me, maybe things would have worked on a lot better. And so sometimes in our own life as well, the fact that we don't know how things will turn out, we're agitated more because of that. Say, for instance, you know that whatever it is that you're going through, say, for instance, you want to get married. You know the date that has been set on the calendar is 2020. You wouldn't fret. You wouldn't be disappointed. You will take your time and say, well, it's going to be September 2020, so I had better wait. Praise the name of Jesus. It's only to the fact that what you and I are facing part time, it's not something that we can put time to. What we're facing part time is not something that we know when it will end. What we're facing part time is not something that we know how it will end. Maybe if we knew, we will be confident to say there will be no loss. Because we know that on that voyage, regardless of what it is right now, it does not determine what it will be later on. But we don't know. The question then is how do we get that assurance? Just stay with me. I'm going to teach because I need you to have a foundation before we pray. We're going to pray. But I need to teach first. That was the format that Jesus did. He, he taught, he preached, and he lay hands on the sick and prayed. Praise the name of Jesus. Sometimes your perception of a loss can be wrong. Pain is an emotion that you feel. Pain is an emotion that we feel but we cannot deal with. Just listen to me carefully. When we have a loss or a pain, like our pastor was talking about the widow of Nain, we tend to flutter, we tend to be afraid, disillusioned, angry, angry with God, angry with man. Why has things not turned out? We tend to be resentful. But I want to say to you this morning, I want to announce to you this morning, Jesus is bigger than anything that you might be facing right now. 
Jesus is bigger, way bigger. And he's ready to step into your boat this morning. He's ready to declare to you that there will be no loss. If you go into the scripture that I read to us, Acts 27, but I quickly want to start from verse 6 and 7. In verse 7, it says that the, 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 the progress of the ship was very slow. They arrived with difficulty. They were proceeding, but they were not moving as fast. If you remember a very good scripture, when Peter stepped on the boat in the gospel, the moment he stepped on, on, on the boat, he saw Jesus walking towards him and he decided to step out of the boat. He stepped out of the boat and all of a sudden, he looked at the expanse of water in front of him and he started to panic. And immediately, he started to panic, he started to sink. But if you notice in that scripture, Jesus was there to lift Peter. Because Jesus, Jesus said, Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. As at that point, Peter was at a point where he was about to lose what God was about to do in his life. Because he saw that at that point, he was sinking. And sometimes we get to a point in our lives that we are sinking. Things are not working. Paul was in the same situation. He was in a situation that he felt that time had been lost. It looks like nothing will be regained. But I've got news for you this morning. What you have done in your 30s, you are thinking you are in your 50s right now. Time is lost. But I've got news for you this morning that God will accelerate your progress in the name of Jesus. You have not lost time. Because if Jesus is in your boat, you cannot lose time. The timing of God Almighty is always a perfect timing. And so Paul was saying to himself, he said, you know, this navigation is going to be really, really hard. He says, I perceive that this venture, this voyage is going to lead to disaster. This morning, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what station you are in in life. You are in this country and you're thinking to yourself, was it a mistake that I left where I was to come into this country? You're thinking to yourself, was it a mistake that I even became a Christian? Maybe if I'm not a Christian, I would have done some other things that I need to do. You're thinking to yourself that this venture is about to sink. You're in a business relationship. You're in um, school. Whatever station you find yourself, there's a thought that lingers at the back of your mind that are you sure that this is the right thing for me to be doing at this time? You see, sometimes Satan has planned it that there will be a disaster. Satan has the plan that there will be a loss. But like I said to us earlier on, you've got a God, a Jesus that is bigger than Satan. 
Sometimes the loss is the loss of a house. The loss of children. The loss of your sanity, of your money. The loss of business, of your car, your dignity, your esteem. Sometimes it's a loss of life. But before it gets to the loss of life, Jesus has got something that will make things work out for you. He says he will never leave you on that song, that song that we sang. And the Bible says very clearly, this God will never leave you nor forsake you. There shall be no loss concerning that venture. Concerning your children, there shall be no loss. Concerning your health, there shall be no loss. Concerning your husband, there shall be no loss. There shall be no loss. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter what today looks like. Your tomorrow is beautiful. Sometimes you may think that you have lost so much. But the Bible told us very clearly in that scripture that we read that Paul stood in the midst of them. The first thing he told them, and that's the first thing I'm going to tell you as well. He says, number one, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not saying you should listen to me, but listen to the God that is speaking to you. God Almighty is speaking to you from this scripture. Listen to him. Take away every distraction, every bias that you might have. Listen to God. The next thing that Paul said in that verse 22 is, I urge you to take art for there will be no loss. What he meant by that is that I am begging you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't look at the circumstance. Don't look at where you find yourself right now. Your tomorrow is beautiful. He says, I urge you, take out. There will be no loss, but only of the sheep. Why, Paul? Why will there be no loss? If you remember, the first thing Paul urged us to do is to listen. Because Paul himself had listened to God Almighty before he showed up to say there will be no loss. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, when other people are running around, you will not run around. Because you know that greater is he that is in you than the devil that is out there in the world. You know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know that you are not an ordinary human being. You are a spirit being enclosed in this vessel called body. So you are having a human, a spiritual experience, but you are, a, you are not a human being. You are a spirit being. And what cannot confront Psalm 82 verse, from verse 6? What cannot confront God? It cannot confront you. Because if you go on to the Acts, the, the next chapter, Acts 7, it was where they called Paul 
that he is a God. But Paul knew that in me was a divine nature that was not common to every other woman being. In me was eternal life that was not the same for every other person. So when situations of life will confront Paul per se, Paul knew that there's only one solution to this situation. Only one solution to this situation. And that solution is for me to hear from God. Paul knew that if he can hear from God one thing, then that thing will take preeminence. But if you are not connected spiritually, there's no way you will hear from God. And that's why the first thing Paul told us is, listen. Praise the name of Jesus. Things might happen to other people. You might even hear that people are getting sick. Women are getting cancer. It cannot touch you. In the book of, let me go through this um, Psalm 82 and I will go to Genesis. As women, it's not, it's time for us to stop running from pillar to post. It's time for us to stop going to meetings while we, where we are just sensitized, but there's no substance. Because the next morning when you open the door and something happened to you, you cannot stand. Because there's nothing. We need to stop that. The Bible says that ye are gods. And all of you are the children of the Most High. It's not talking about somebody that is out there on the street. It's talking about you. You that you are in the church. You are not an ordinary person. Satan has a right to confront you with what he confronted Paul with. Which is to try and bring about a loss. But you have a right to stand. And say, I am not like every other human being in this boat. I'm not. Psalm 82 verse 6 makes me understand that I am a God with a small g. And I'm going to repeat that. It's not heresy. A God will give back to what? Answer me. A goat. Goat, G-O-A-T, will give birth to what? A sheep will give birth to? A chicken. Eagle. Human beings. Human beings. Oh, no, human beings gives birth to human beings. It's only when you get born again and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior that you become a spirit being. Then you are begotten by God Almighty. So you, now, you have now been transformed according to Romans 12, 2. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you have been transformed. Uh, uh, you have been transformed totally and you become a child of the most high God. Because greater is he that is in you than the devil is out there. So I'm going to walk the word with you before we pray. So when I'm faced with situation of life, what do I do? Praise the name of Jesus. What do I do? You listen to what? Talk to me. Talk to me. How do you listen to God? The word. The word. Okay. Good. 
That one I'll give you seven over ten. So let me give you the remaining. So one of the things you will do is that when we're faced with a kind of situation that looks like it's leading to a loss, like for Paul, the first thing that we do is that we, we search the word. There are two things that will take you over in any situation in life. The revelation you know and your expectation. Those are the two things. What I mean by the revelation you know is the word you know concerning that situation. Is there something that is similar in the world concerning that situation you are facing? Say, for instance, you're facing barrenness. Sarah was barren. Rachel was barren. Rebecca was barren. What did they do? You're facing a tough decision as to know what the next step is in life. Rebecca had destiny in her womb in the book of Genesis 25. And so she, she was troubled because things was not well with her. So what did Rebecca do? Rebecca went to God and said, God, I need to know what is going on here. If all is well, Genesis 25, 22. If all is well, why am I like this? How many times have you asked questions? Praise the name of Jesus. How many times have you gone back to God? To say that things are not working the way I expect it to work. If all is well, why am I like this? God did not say, shut up. He did not. If you go on to the verse 23. It says, 22 says, he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said... Thank you, madam. You will help me. Please speak that child. Quick. Praise the name of Jesus. Don't worry. In the next couple of minutes, I'm out of here. So, Pastor Titi will deal with the rest. Praise the name of Jesus. So, he said, God said. God did not say, why are you asking me question? We cannot question God, but we can ask God a question. Those are two different things. You don't question God. And so why is not a, a, um, a question that you should ask? Your question and the way you should look at things is, if all is well, why are things like this? God, you have said there shall be no loss. If there shall be no loss, so... Why did I lose that pregnancy? Why are things like this? You need to get to the point where you ask God question. You don't question God. And so God said to her, he said, two nations are in your womb. And he explained to her what will happen. The explanation that was given to Rebecca, the husband of Rebecca did not understand that explanation. And so when it was time that the children grew up, that man did not know what to do. Because he did not take time to do what? Listen. To listen. To listen. Even if you don't get anything out of everything I have to say this morning. Get one thing. You need to cultivate the habit of going to God to ask questions. Why are things like this? A loss is not a loss until you don't know what to do. 
A child of God should never get to the point that you don't know what to do. That's not God. You've got your manual. So why, why wouldn't you know what to do? You've got your manual. Your manual is the word of God. Even when you don't know what to do, get on your knees. You don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray. Speak in tongues. That is one area that the enemy, he doesn't have an answer to. When you are still saying, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, da, 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 he can still, do. but when it comes to you getting on your knees and speaking in tongues, you are speaking to your heavenly father. He can read everything. He knows everything. There have been times in my life that we've got into a situation. I remember when I was in, when we were in London, England, we were living in a small flat. Mm, flat. Praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> we were living in this small room, which we were sharing. I was married to my husband then. He was a trained pharmacist. And I was a trained lawyer. I'd done my second degree. We were living in this room with three or four other people. Which, you know, we had one room. And so there was another room. There was another room. And there was a shared, and we were married. The other people were singles. In those times, we did not have a job. We did not have money. There was nothing. So we had no job. When you don't have a job, you get on your knees and you pray. Fasting, ah. People complain, oh, HOP fast a lot. Ah, we're used to that one now. That's no, because there's no food to eat. <laughs> there's no food to eat. And when there's no food to eat, your best bet is to turn it into fasting. At least you will glorify God. Which is what we did. I'm telling you a true life story. I went to a private university in England, University of Buckingham. I read law as my second degree. But when we got married, when I got married to my husband, there was no money. But God had told me, this listen I'm telling you is what kept me going. He had told me that that is the man. You get it? Uh-huh. And that's why up till today, he still makes fun of me. I still say it. I did not marry a pastor. I married a pharmacist that would go to Florida and make a lot of money. <laughs> that was my intention. But what I'm telling you today is what we did. We listened to God Almighty and we prayed. When Satan had mounted up so much disaster... That we could see, even in the church that we were going to at that time. My pastor then was Pastor Agui Ruku of Jesus House, London. Up till today, he's still my pastor. You get it? Apart from my husband, definitely. We were like a walking disaster. You know, when people see you in church and they, they, they just manage you. Because obviously there must be something wrong with you. I don't know why you are laughing. You are laughing at me. Ah, that's not nice. You guys are laughing at me. We, we, were, we were like that. There was nothing. The same genes. And that's why, you know, when people see me, they say, oh, you know, I'm very simple, very casual. For very simple reason, I don't know how to make, you know, those big, big, my, once I have this, my jeans, and I can put a shirt on it. End of story. I know where I get my shirt in. I won't tell you. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm not preaching a message that I've not gone through. 
There shall be no loss. For eight solid years, I was without the fruit of the womb. The doctors had told me that don't worry about that one. It's a dead case. But the God that caused those things that be not has stole the where. It was still very much in my boat. And he said to me, he said, talk where there shall be no loss. He said, don't worry about what the doctors have said. I am the Alpha, I'm the Omega, the beginning, the end. The one that is able to make things happen. The one that is able to do the impossible. He said, I will do it. I did what? I listened. Without you hearing God by yourself, life becomes a guesswork. It becomes a guesswork. If you're waiting for every other person to listen, to listen for you and come and tell you, it's not enough. I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth is, you need to listen by yourself. Life is not supposed to be a guesswork. Excuse me. Praise the name of Jesus. As a child of the most high God, Psalm 82 verse 6 told us that already. In which he said, you are gods. You are children of the most high God. And because you are a God, G-O-S. I was going on a train. A goat gives birth to a goat. So a human being gives birth to a human being. But a human being that has accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior has eternal life in them, becomes a spirit being. And in that process of becoming a spirit being, they become a God with a small g. Because God Almighty is their father. We are children of the Most High God. I said that to say this. If ye are gods and you are children of the Most High God, then whatever it is that cannot stand against Jesus, stand against God, should not be able to stand against you. Your amen is weak, it's not born again. If you go to that scripture that we read, if you go to Acts 28, the very next verse, after Paul had gone through all that stuff, it says, when they, from verse 1, when they had escaped, they then found that the island was matter. The natives showed them kindness. Verse 3, Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on fire. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself to Paul's hand. When the natives saw this, they said, no doubt, this man is a murderer. This man is about to lose not just everything, but he's about to lose his life. And then they said, but what did Paul do? Paul shook off, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. What did the people say when that happened? I'm going somewhere. After they had looked for a long time, and I believe very strongly this morning, the enemy will look at you for a long time, but they will change their mind. In the name of Jesus, concerning that situation, they will look at you, but they will change their mind. It says, after they looked for a long time, and they saw that no harm came to him, 
they change their mind and said something that is spectacular. Something that most children of God does not know. And so when situation of life comes to us, we, 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 we are afraid. We shake. We flutter. We are crying endlessly. Don't get me wrong. The emotions come into play when situations of life happen. But like David, they said, even though David had lost everything in Ziglag, they are taking his children. They are taking his, his, his wife. But what did David do? After David cried, what did he do? He went up to God and he did what? He encouraged. We don't see that in the body of Christ anymore. We're going from pillar to post. Going to unbelievers for solution. Why? All because you will not what? You are not listening. You are not listening. It is not in God's plan for your solution to be with an unbeliever. That's not the plan. They should look at you and they should wonder, how have you been doing it? That was what happened to Paul. Paul got to the point that Paul looked at, they looked at Paul. They said, no, let's leave this one alone. This one is a God. This one is not an ordinary human being. Someone that can shake away a viper. Paul's own was a viper. Yours might be a miscarriage. Yours might be the loss of a job. Yours might be the loss of a house. Yours might be bankruptcy. It might be lack. But the God that is able to raise stone is able to raise you back. It will raise you back. You see, for a child of God, it's not over until you win. It's not over. It's not over. It's never over. Because you have this God. That is all for you. He loves you endlessly. He says you are the apple of his eyes. And so God Almighty, one of the things that he said, that they said, that these people said about Paul, that Paul was a God. But Paul did not know that. So how do you get out of situation? It takes me to the book of Genesis. Genesis, I think it was chapter 3. When Satan... When Satan deceived Eve and she ate the forbidden fruit. The Lord said in verse 15, Genesis 3, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Between your seed and her seed, she shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heels. I want to say to you that this scripture up to today for women, not just in the church, but even the, the women in the world as a whole. We're still suffering this. But it need not be so. That was a loss right there. But we're still suffering this curse that God put on the woman. But you need not to suffer it. You need not to. I can tell you. I can tell you bang on, on, on money. You need not to suffer this. You need not to. It says, it will bruise, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heels. What Jesus is saying here is, Adam, what God is saying here, sorry. Adam, when he gave 
When Eve gave that, you know, fruit, apple, um, tangerine, whatever you want to call it, gave it to um, Adam. Adam should have been at the point where he should be shielding the wife. If Adam had been in a position of shielding the wife, in which the wife is submissive. We don't like that word. Submission does not mean that you have to be a doormat. It means that the man is the head. You are not the neck. I know women's um, meeting all over. They say, oh, the man is the head. You are the neck that turns the man. Error. That is Satan right there. Deception. You are not the neck. Nowhere in the Bible. Stay with the word. Nowhere in the Bible did they call you the neck. You came from here. Ribs. I know we don't like that. The man is the head. You believe you are the neck. You can turn the man. Whichever. Once you start turning the man, it is rebellious. It is Jezebel's spirit. And God is against it. You cannot turn the man. You are a helper. You help to protect everything that he has got. His vision and everything. That's, what, that's why they took you from here. Not from here. That's a, another matter. Let me face what they told me. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. But based on this case, when Jesus came, what Jesus did was that Jesus came to buy back to redeem, that's the word. We had suffered a loss as children of God. But God Almighty had to send Jesus to redeem us, buy us from the slave market. He bought us back. And when he bought us back, he did not just dump us. What he did, that this should not be a curse that will happen to you, is that he took us with himself. Ephesians 2, 6. Ephesians 2, wow. Ephesians 2, 6. Ephesians, sorry, 1, 6. Ephesians 2, 20. Let me explain it to you. And then we'll, we'll stop. You, you're right, but let me explain it to you. When you stand in prayer, this is what you need to know. And this is the assurance that you, your prayers will be answered. Satan cannot stop your prayer. You are not even on the same realm. So for you to be running away from witch, um, occultic people, you say, that woman is a witch. I will swallow her. I will swallow her. It's just two scriptures. She will die. And that is the truth. I know this is a women's meeting, and you know we have different... I don't care. Come and meet me. That will be the last. That demon will not do another thing. And I will tell you why. The reason, one simple reason is that you are seated together. Christ is seated on the right hand of, of God. You are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. What you are doing here in Christ Chapel Berry is like you are an ambassador on this earth. You are an ambassador. As an ambassador, you have a home country. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Your home country is where? It's in heaven. So even though you are seated here in Christ church buried, greater is he that is in you. Eternal spirit, eternal life lives in you. That eternal life is what has transported you from the regular human beings to a spirit being. And so based on that positionally, listen to that word. Positionally, you are here. Praise the name of Jesus. But in Christ Jesus, you are seated far above principalities and powers. And that's why you and which is not possible. We are not even on the same realm. The realm that I am in is far above. When you understand that. Even when you see them in their dream, in your dream, you just wake up and say, you and who? Even if they put something in front of you and you've eaten the thing, you are going to wake up and say, you foul demonic spirit. Where did you come from? And you're going to rebuke the enemy. Praise the name of Jesus. Because ye are gods. What confronts a regular, normal human being on the street of Barry has no right to confront you. And if he does confront you, you are going to give it a limit. Praise the name of Jesus. And so it says here in that verse 20, and I'm going to round up with that. There's just so much to share, but we need to pray. And when we start praying, know that no matter what you have lost, the Bible says, if the thief be found, it shall restore what? Sevenfold. I want to beg you, women, if you've not listened to anything that I've said thus far, please pick up your Bible and read. Pick up your Bible. By the grace of God, I'm a leader in this nation. And I don't, no, no, you don't need to say amen. I know the mandate that God has given me. The mandate that God has given me is to empower people to achieve their dreams and to fulfill their God-given destiny and to, to be a positive influence in the society that they live in, regardless of where they're living. That is the mandate on my head. And I carry that mandate with everything that I've got. When I meet with people, when you don't have a dream, something must leap in you. Even if you don't have a dream. Something. There must be a change in the way you are doing life. Because you have met with me. That is what God has given me. And I cherish it. I take it with everything that I have. Women, please read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read different translations. Yes, we are leaders. But what we are going to say to you is not enough for the destiny that God has for you. I've just explained just a bit, tiny, winny, winny, winny little bit of what I know. And I don't even know a lot. What I've explained to you is not enough to carry you through. You need to go into your Bible. Pick up this scripture that I've just explained to you. Read it in different translations. BibleGateway.com I don't believe that you should hide things. From congregants, so that they don't know what you know. It's, it's baloney, it's nonsense. It's, I don't even know what to call it. There is nothing that you know 
right? Because the path of the righteous does what? It shines brighter and brighter and brighter. So as you are explaining it to them, your path continues to shine brighter and brighter. Praise the name of Jesus. So you need to pick up your Bible, BibleGateway.com. And I'm, I'm going to close on that. Pick it up. Those two scriptures. Ephesians 1.20. Read the whole of chapter 1. Read the whole of Ephesians, really. So that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And if you know who you are, no Satan can buffet you. Praise the name of Jesus. What Paul demonstrated is, an, is, is, is a complete demonstration of his identity in Christ. That was what he demonstrated. And that was why he was able to say that there will be no loss. Because the angel that stood by me has said to me, as he has told me, so shall he be. I want to say to you this morning that there shall be no loss. Pick up your Bible and read. Read commentaries. Go to BibleGateway.com. Put in this book of Ephesians. Read different translations and read commentaries. You will find out that life is not that difficult. Like I was saying, there's no superstar in Christendom. There's no celebrity Christian. Praise the name of Jesus. We are all, our functions are different, but we are all equal before God. Some people have paid the price to understand who they are. Some people have not. That's the difference. Don't be part of those people that have not paid the price. Pay the price. The price is in fasting, is in praying, is in reading the word. Pay your tithe, pay your offering. That's the price. Praise the name of Jesus. And you will see God manifest. In the mighty name of Jesus. There shall be no loss. In the name of Jesus.